I'm discombobulated, Angela. I'm excited. You're excited? Why are you excited? <laughs> I think this might be the first time that I'm excited to do this podcast. Why are you excited? I'm excited because I want to talk about this interview after the interview with Andrew Tate, which feels kind of monumental. After the interview with Andrew Tate. The interview feels monumental. Right. But it is monumental. Yeah. For me. Yeah. For the people, for the nation, for the world, for the culture. Yeah, I feel excited for you. Mm. I feel like I just, I, and I feel excited. I don't know. It was, it was an interesting feeling because I normally come into these podcasts with a little bit of dread. Like, this is going to be all about me. <laughs> so you just have to ask questions. <laughs> Easy for you. I do enjoy that. Mm hmm. <laughs> I, well, we, it's been a while. There was a podcast that we recorded that was really good, but. Uh, there were two, but were one two, was. Well, two, one, the SD card was corrupt. Right. And the other one we recorded just before I left. And then I, I don't know, I just, it, it, I forgot my computer. And then by the time I got my computer, I was already at Sundance and there was no internet. And two weeks had gone by and it just didn't feel like relevant. Right. So we have a lot to catch up on. Right. So people, the people don't know about Sundance. The people don't know about... The people. The people. Oyate, the nation. Um, but, but You go. You start. You well, lead. Well, I want to ask you, like, why you feel discombobulated. Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I mean, Sundance is very intense overwhelming experience beautiful experience and then i came right out of that into the release of this andrew tate video and i've been dealing with the feedback mm -hmm. from that and it's been a lot uh mostly just on me psychologically just dealing with just all the attention that's coming at me, all mm -hmm. the energy, all the comments. And what does this mean for me? You know, I'm, I'm being seen mm. in mm -hmm. a way that I've never been seen before. And, and what is that way? Like, what do you, how do you, how? Master therapist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Although I, I, I guess I got a note from... Uh, Dr. Taylor Burroughs, who I love, she's she's a uh, she has a PhD in in family counseling, and she was like, "Are you actually a therapist?" Like, are you know she and I was like, "Well, I'm a trained certified cornogenics practitioner," mm -hmm. and you know she just explained to me all the legalities of it, and mm. you know you want to protect yourself and how you present yourself. I mean, she was really kind about it, and. Uh, but that was the first, like, okay, I have exposure. I I do need to protect myself. I do need to mm. be aware of how I'm presenting myself to the world. And uh, but yes, I, I guess I mean I think you can call yourself a psychotherapist. Oh, <clears throat> if you're not licensed, because we're not licensed, right? But I I, th I think if you call yourself a therapist, if you present as a therapist, and your clients think you're a therapist, and you're not actually licensed. You could be sued for fraud. Mm, mm -hmm. So we have to be, I mean, you, I don't think you have any issue, but I, I don't really call myself a therapist. It, it, that's mm -hmm. always been a, a thing. Like I, I know that you've, we've talked about that. You yeah. Know, 
um, and that there's, uh, yeah, I think you actually said to me that those words that you can call yourself a psychotherapist, but not a therapist, which kind of goes along with your brand, you know, psychosphere, mm-hmm. psychosphere, psych- yeah, psychotherapist. <laughs> I think, I think that's, I looked it up once and that's what it said, but I guess I'm not allowed to call myself a therapist. And of course the interview is titled Andrew Tate versus, versus. therapist, but that's just branding, you know, so people can understand what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But I guess I do have to be careful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I slept till 10 o'clock. Oh. You and Ferd came over last night. Yeah. Dinner. So lovely. I cooked Thank you dinner. so much. Yeah. Diana my, helped. My birthday. It was your birthday. Happy birthday. 54. We're both 54. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> and wise, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I think that's true. I think we're wise. I think we can say that without... We have some, some wisdom. Conceit. Yeah. yeah. We've earned it. Yeah. It's fair. So I feel, yeah, a little ungrounded, a little overwhelmed. I've been, you know, staying up till three, four in the morning, doing things, mm-hmm. creating clips and just trying to get my arms around all of this. Also, I don't want to force anything, mm-hmm. but I also want to take advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. that's here. Um, I'm not even sure what that opportunity is. I guess it would be more interviews with interesting people. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm good enough for Andrew Tate. Well, and it's a good interview and people watch it and it, and it is a good interview. It's an interesting interview. And I, I think I come off really well in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and knowledgeable and friendly, and I, I I get unique things out of him. I can imagine that you know that's could lead to interviews with other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to figure out is that is that what I want to do? Do I want to pursue that? Is that what you want to do? I think so. It's exciting. Mm. My the, it's the intersection of my two worlds, which are the psychotherapy. The core energetics, you know, understanding the psychology, all the things that we we talk about in this podcast, and media. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning, right. that's what it's been for me. As soon as I went to Anne's workshop, that my first reaction was, I want to film this, mm-hmm. which I did, mm-hmm. and created this whole media project around it, group documentary series, which I think is fantastic, and I'm very proud of that. Um, and in some way, this interview with Andrew Tate is, is a return to that mm. because it's a media project, but it's really, it's essentially a, a pseudo therapy session mm-hmm. on camera. Not exactly, but, but it's close as you're going to get. And with him meaning, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Feels good. And you open yourself up to all kinds of opinions and criticisms mm-hmm. and judgments when you put yourself out there you, or you, you put things like this out there. So, but it's worth it. Well, this is what you always said that you wanted to do. I remember us having, we probably talked about this on this podcast, that... Once we left 
uh, and school, once we both graduated, you were like, okay, well, I just want to practice radical liveness out in the world now. I'm going to not hold back and see what happens. And so this, this, I guess the reason I'm excited is because, and I think a lot of people, a lot of the people around you are excited, you know, because this felt like a complete not holding back, mm. you know, and that you're, you, you're strong enough to hold what is coming to you, you know, and that you've worked really hard to get here, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, you're just letting yourself go for what you want and, and see what happens, you know? So well, I got a wedding to pay for, <laughs> which we have not talked about. <laughs> so yes, you're engaged. Got engaged at Sundance at the tree. That felt great. Mm -hmm. Diana's very happy. I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm engaged. Yeah. It's big news. Feels good. Feels good to commit. Mm. Wow. Feels mm -hmm. good to commit. Yeah. Feels good to commit. Well, and also, I mean, you guys had, I hope it's okay for me to say it, like you had like kind of a few epic fights beforehand to kind of... I think test whether this relationship was strong enough to make the commitment, but also was this the right commitment for you both, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that last thing, round that you guys had. Which you were involved in. Which I was involved in. I think it really showed you. Yeah. This is a commitment that I want to make. And so i'm i'm so happy for i mean i guess that's what it is it's like i'm happy for you on so many different levels yeah well yeah i brought uh all of myself to her and she handled it mm -hmm. it wasn't easy but i i i did not hold back everything that i was thinking and feeling anything that was in the shadows i i i brought out mm -hmm. and was relentless about it and uh you know that's it's not easy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if I'm going to get married to you, I, I don't feel safe if there's things in the shadows. I think, you know, there's always going to be new things, but mm -hmm. I, I want to feel like we can go there. Well, and you can go all, like you talked about, It's it was interesting, actually, you said this, I didn't, I didn't tell you this, but in our one of our last conversations, um, you were talking about how you have to go through conflict. You, you have to go through it in order to get to the other side of it. And what was interesting to me to hear you say that was because um, at the beginning of this relationship, you guys were in some conflict and you, and you had said something like, I don't want to go through this much conflict, you know? <laughs> and so now on this side of it, it's so interesting to hear you because that's all this is, you know, like, can you... Like, because we're in relationships with people that are different from us, you mm -hmm. know, can you work through that? And you guys have really shown that you can, both of you, it feels to me like you really, you really bring it and you really show up and you meet each other mm -hmm. in a, in a really powerful way. Mm -hmm. And, and both of you have changed. I mean, just from my, from what I've seen and witnessed, you yes. know, like you really have changed. I mean... Diana eats meat now. Like that's so crazy. I, know. <laughs> I mean, and I I want to say like in beautiful ways, not like codependent ways of changing, you know, for the other. But yeah. 
like in ways that it seems to me that both feel good for both of you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a partnership. We're together. Mm-hmm. Feels good. She's very strong. She's very smart. And very, yeah, she's a powerful woman. And I feel met by her. Mm-hmm. And she's very inner feminine, mm-hmm. which is does something to me. Mm-hmm. Something good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me some time. To, it took, I think, us time to navigate that whole dynamic, the polarity. Mm-hmm. But it feels good right now. We're in a, we're in a. It's, a, it's a nice balance, and and there's a, uh, a synergy there, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of life in it and possibility, and I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like being in relationship. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that last night, which is not how I felt for a long time. Mm-hmm. I liked being alone. Mm-hmm. And now I like being in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel my freedom. I feel my autonomy. I don't feel constricted. I feel like I can say what I need to say. I feel like I can create the space that I need to create for myself. And I feel like she's going to honor that and hold that Mm -hmm. and and she's got her own things that she needs which i'm i'm happy to give her so i I hope that we both feel free Mm -hmm. relatively Mm -hmm. in the relationship so i mean you know it's that idea that you you can you can't feel freedom until you're fully committed right it's the commitment that gives you the freedom because then there's no out there's no other option like that you're just walking the road right Mm -hmm. the road is straight and narrow and it's simple. Mm-hmm. There's freedom in that. You just walk that road. Well, you talked about that last night with Sundance, which I really heard. You know, there's a lot of, you were talking about, there's a lot of dynamics that happen in the, the camp that you're staying in. And there's a, um, there's a kind of, you know, it's like, do you want to put up with this? this drama you know right but at the same time like maybe this is the lesson that you have to you know yeah. you have to be willing to go through this and like there's a kind of um almost like a no choice i mean there's always a choice but it's almost like not really a choice because this is your path to to real freedom like this is i mean there are choices and you you had the um there was some it was like there was a moment where you were like, okay, maybe I'll go with this other, in this, in this other camp. But then you saw what that was and you were like, no. And so to allow yourself to choose this one, even though you know that there's going to be hardships and challenges and all of that, to go through that and um, allow yourself to um, uh, commit. Yeah. I felt when you were talking about it, I felt your freedom there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very powerful, actually. Well, what I've learned is how to be free and sovereign and autonomous in community. Mm. I avoided community for a long time because mm-hmm. community, to me, often felt like restriction. And compromise. And compromise. Uh And when, and then I I was, 
isolated for a long, long time. And I realized that that was very bad for my mental health. Mm-hmm. So I made a decision. I have to, I have to live in community. I have to find yes. community. And, you know, people are nuts and they're annoying and you have to deal with them in community and they're irrational and all their stuff comes up and they project things onto you and you're projecting things onto them. And it's, it's a whole thing. It's family. Yeah. And, but I found a way to feel free in that Mm. and to speak my mind and not, not succumb to resentment. I mean, I have my moments, you know, where I grumble, but overall it's, it's, it's up to me. Mm. And, uh, that's a good feeling Mm. Mm -hmm. to feel free, sovereign, and also in connection with other people, mm. which is really a lot of what I think we teach. That's what I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you be like, if you get a room full of people, we want to encourage everybody, you can be, be all of who you are. You don't have to hold back, feel free to express yourself and stay in connection, mm-hmm. stay in relationship. And that's a thing that you can do. And, 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 and I think most of us, because of the way we had to betray ourselves in childhood to stay in connection with our our parents that's a skill that takes a while to learn Mm -hmm. it's a new paradigm and it's a good one Mm -hmm. so i feel like i have that down and that that gives you a lot of confidence to walk into a situation that you can hold on to yourself Mm -hmm. you can hold on to your truth and, and people, what I find is they respect it. They may be triggered by it. Mm-hmm. If they don't allow themselves to be free, if they are denying or betraying themselves in some way to stay in connection with the group and going along and you come along, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. They can make you bad. Mm-hmm. But if you hold on to your goodness, uh, they come around. Yeah, Exactly. They begin to respect it because it gives them permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, if you're showing up in a good way, which I do, it's hard for them to really make you bad. And if you're not reactive mm-hmm. and if you're not resentful, you win them over. Mm-hmm. Well, you're giving them freedom to just be how they are. Right. I'm making no demands. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I... I had that experience. I mean, you know this, but on on Wednesday, which was my actual birthday, my dad called for the first time in uh, almost a year, and you know he was wishing me happy birthday. And I he asked me what I was doing, and I was about to go into the sweat lodge, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I hadn't planned on doing because I, I I I didn't know what I was going to do for my birthday. But that morning, I was like oh, I think there's a sweat tonight. You know, I wonder if Dave's going. I mean, I assumed that you were, but I was like, that's what I felt called to do. So just before I went in, my dad calls and I tell him, which I'd never told him about, never told him about Sweat Lodge, my, any of my family. So he didn't know what it was. And I, I tried to explain it to him. And he was like, wait a minute, you're going into uh, a place that's hotter than what it is in Texas. Isn't it really hot there already? And I said, yeah. And he was like, that sounds crazy, Angela. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe it is. I don't know. But I think, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> He's but correct. I said, 
But I said, it's, you know, it's a way to pray. You know, it's my way to pray. And, and it, it feels, it, it, and it was, there was something about it that just felt so, because I think on some level, I felt like a little shame around, you know, I was doing this thing. I didn't want anyone to know. And, mm. and in that moment, I just felt, oh, this is something different. He doesn't know. He doesn't understand it. It's okay, you know. And so then we, you know, he asked me, why is it that you haven't called? And, you know, he like it literally didn't remember, you know, what had happened, that whole thing with Ferd and, you know, what had transpired with the, the shot, the vaccine and the blah, 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 you mm-hmm. know. And so I, I explained it to him again. And, um, you know, he, he tried to defend himself. But that at the end, he was like, you know, I still don't really understand. And I said, you know, Dad, it's okay. You, you, don't, you don't have to understand. I love you. You know, it, and it was a real feeling of no expectation, no demand, like that you have to understand or you, that you have to get me. And I can still love you. Right. And it felt so good. It's like I felt, I felt so free. And I'd, I'd never felt that before with, mm. my, with either of my parents. So that was, that, that felt so good. And it's exactly what you said. I ha- you know, I don't know how my dad like what what he's what's going on for him inside but I felt something like we were separate people standing with each other you know and there was something I don't know if it was respect but it felt something like that you know like oh Mm. you're your own person doing your own thing that I have no idea what what it means what it what I, I don't understand it but I can still love you too like we can love each other right. in that place. And that, you know, that's respect, I think. It's beautiful. Happy for you. Oh. Must have felt good. Yeah, it did. It feels really good. It's freedom. That's real freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to show up without any demand to be seen or understood or heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're not, to stay and continue to love and respect the other person, even though they're not seeing you or or maybe maybe they're just not capable and that's okay mm-hmm. like that's what i got to i'm getting to it's like when i when i get wh- whether it's whatever it is but often with the, the comments i'm reading about the tate interview most of them actually are positive and mm-hmm. they're some of the ways that they're commenting on the things that i said or did are really powerful yeah like they're really seeing me mm-hmm. but others are not and, mm-hmm. you know, my first reaction is like, motherfucker, you don't even fucking, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, it's like what Diana said. They're like 16. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I realized. It's some 16-year-old kid. <laughs> and they don't know. How can they know? Mm-hmm. They can't understand it. Yeah. So it's okay. It's all okay. Yeah. I mean, can we talk about the interview? Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I haven't watched a lot of of Andrew Tate. I think I I listened to the whole interview that you did with uh, the first time that you the interviewed first time. Him. Um, and that's you know like I and I've watched a few clips, mm-hmm. but I don't really know him. I I known based on what you've told me, like certain things that he's done, or you know, and now he's been in this kind of hot water um, where he's he's been on house arrest. Yeah. And well, he was in jail for 93 days and then he was under house arrest for another, I think, three months. 
Yeah, child, not child, human trafficking right. is the main charge, I think. And so, you know, there's a automatic response that I have to that, which is just kind of like, oh, you know, it's like an it's like an immediate, um, like I don't want to, I don't, I'm not interested, you know. But it's like a judgment, you know, immediately. But knowing you and knowing, you know, like what I also want to stand for, which is like no one's all good or bad, mm-hmm. you know. Like I really wanted to go into the watching this with a completely open mind, you know. And I, I did. I felt very excited. But first of all, the way that you, I mean, I, I don't know if I think we we talked about this in one of the last couple mm-hmm. podcasts that we recorded, right? Like in terms of how you how this this came about. Well, maybe we should talk about that yeah because people might be curious. So. Because how the hell did you get an interview with yes. Andrew Tate? Mm-hmm. It's strange to people. Three years ago, during COVID, I followed him on Twitter. And he was hadn't blown up yet. A lot of people knew who he was, but he was kind of fringe. A little famous, but kind of fringe. And I found him fascinating. I wasn't quite sure what to make of him, but I, I like people who are controversial and speak their mind and are provocative. And he it was clear to me that he was very smart and interesting and that he was playing some game. And I like that. I like those characters. And he put out a tweet that said, oh, I'm open to interviews and podcasts. And I just started my podcast. Mm-hmm. So I DM'd him. I said, hey, man, I'm a psychotherapist. Why don't we do an interview where I psychoanalyze you? And he was like, great, love it. And so we set it up and we did the interview over Zoom. And I thought it went really well. It was an interesting conversation. We enjoyed each other, mm. I think. Uh, he was. I found him open and, and warm and interesting and and he has his opinions and his it was very well thought out. I mean mm-hmm. every I mean he's got a world view that uh has been as he says curated. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't adopt any mindset that will diminish my power. Mm-hmm. It's all about power. And I I was fascinated by it. I mean it was I learned a lot listening mm-hmm. to him talk. And that interview became a fan favorite mm-hmm. and uh, widely considered his best interview, including by Andrew Tate. He he thought it was his best interview. So that was surprising to me, mm-hmm. but interesting. And then right after he blew up about a year ago, uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, man, I'm getting uh, all these requests for interviews, but I, I want to do an interview with you. Uh, if you're open, if you're willing. Uh, and I was obviously very uh, flattered by that. And I said, absolutely, man, let's let's figure out a time to set it up. And then uh, within a day or two, he was canceled off all social media. And we had been interacting through Instagram. And so, you know, he was gone. Mm. And, uh, and so I just thought okay well we'll see he's he's in the middle of something insane mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm not going to bother. We're like, hey, man, when, when are we going to do that interview? So I just waited and waited and waited. And then he got arrested. And then he got out of jail and was under house arrest. And then I was feeling like I needed some change with my work. And I started uh, le- like uh, letting go a lot of my one-on-one clients. And, and do I even want to be working one-on-one with people anymore? And and then I watched this Jesse Elder thing where like, who's your ideal client? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do I even have an ideal client? I just want to do workshops. I just want to do groups and I want to do teachings. And I'm not sure that I want to do one-on-one therapy anymore. And then I was out for a walk and I said, actually, my ideal client is Andrew Tate. That's <laughs> right. my ideal. If I could have one client, it would be Andrew Tate. And so... I went through my emails and I found, because obviously we had an email exchange and I found the email. I was like, oh yeah, I have his email address. So I emailed him and I said, you up for that interview? Mm. He said, absolutely. Wow. And so I went to Romania two weeks, three weeks later Mm -hmm. and we did the interview and it was, I think we both knew it was really good. Mm. I felt great about it. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous, obviously, and you could see my nerves in it. But, but I, you know, it's fine. I get there. I, 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 I felt like I nailed it, actually. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a, you know, I was, I spent, yeah, two, two days in Romania, hung out with them, smoked cigars. You know, went over on the first night when I got there and hung out at his compound with his brother and a bunch of his buddies, and we just talked and hung out and I got to see you know his whole world or at least that aspect of his world and then the next day I came and and we did the interview and and then we hung out some more had dinner and and so I really got a sense of of him and uh who he is and and what his environment is and was it was great I love the I mean I love the guy Mm. I I feel very and I think he loves me too there's some chemistry that we have Mm. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but there's there's something there's something. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of mutual respect, admiration. I don't know. I mean, I I, I think probably there's we could deconstruct what that is for him and what that might be for me. What, what the draw is to each other. There's mm-hmm. some there's something. What do you think it is for you? I think that I have that part of me. There's an Andrew Tate inside me. Mm. Which and, meaning? Uh, dominant. Mm. Competitive. Wants to conquer. Mm. It comes out when, it used to come out when I played hockey. Mm-hmm. I was always the most, if you know, or one of the most competitive, fierce players out there. Mm. And I didn't bring that out in my career as an actor. Like mm-hmm. it never came out. Mm-hmm. I held it back. I guess I feel shame about it. It's wrong. I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm a good boy. In Hollywood, I was the good boy. I was the nice guy. Mm-hmm. And that part of me, I think, was was demonized, probably because it, it, it didn't always come out clean. But it's very threatening to people also. That part of you, wait. That's so, dominant, wants oh, to conquer. Uh-huh. 
loves war, wants to fight, mm-hmm. all of that. It came out after you stopped acting. No, no. I, I could only bring that part of me out in sports, but I could not bring it to my work as an actor. And I think that's why my success was limited. Mm. I was unwilling or because too afraid to show that part of myself. You were afraid that it was going to be demonized. Yeah, I was just, uh, I, yeah, but well, because I was attached, I think, in some way to the mask of the good boy. Mm-hmm. So, if, and that that was what was paying my bills. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I was getting hired. Right, right. So, yeah. all my, the guys I played hockey with were like, why are you on some fucking, why are you playing some crazy cop at a cop show? Right. Like, that's how they saw me. Yeah. They're like, what is it? I, I turn on the TV and I your see you on Gilmore Girls. You're this, like, <laughs> that's not you. Right. And I was like, yeah. So there was something unreconciled within me. And and I think that was the cause of a lot of my issues. Mm. Mm. That energy being held back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the fact that he gives himself permission to have it all the way is attractive to me. Mm. It's inspiring to me. He doesn't hold back. He says what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Even if he's... Even if there's distortions in it, I, I still appreciate his willingness to say it. I mean, he's radically alive. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a boldness. To... There's a boldness. He's very, very, very smart. And he's also extremely disciplined. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think there's that quality in him. And I also see in him a softness. I mm-hmm. see the vulnerability. I see the little boy. I see him. I think. And I probably see myself in him in some way. Mm. And maybe in trying to help him, heal him, I'm trying to help myself. Right. Of course. Which would make sense. Yes. And what is it for him? I mean, I I can't speak for him and yeah and, and i also don't want to publicly say too much because a lot of people are like what do you actually think of him i'm like ah. right what do i think of him i i like him mm-hmm. and uh i find him warm and kind and i was amazed at his willingness to go along with my line of questioning and i found him to be uh i found him to be very vulnerable in the interview in his way mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I felt like he gave me all kinds of openings uh, that he was, of course, we, we all have a defense mm-hmm. and certainly he does, but there was all kinds of things that he said or gestures that he made or just in his body language where I felt opening. He was open to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So that's my experience of him. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. And right. I, and that's, and I appreciate the interview for that. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you're. It's a dynamic. Any kind of interaction, it's it's in the dynamic. I I can't. Uh, if I have a client that is completely closed off, I don't care how good a therapist you are. You're mm-hmm. not getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. They have to be open to the game. Yes. In some way. Yes, and that's what I found. So, uh, I mean, I thought I thought you did it brilliantly. You know, and I think it's because of the way that you feel towards him. Right. He can automatically feel that. I respect him. I don't judge him. Right, exactly. And so there's a there's a trust that is 
built in because of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and when you feel that, then you're more willing to open up. And, and, um, I just, I saw it. I mean, I I told you this, but it felt to me like almost like a chess game watching you guys, you know, and you had to do it in a way you had to ask him questions in a way that wouldn't, that would open him up, um, just enough to not shut him down, like right. to, to not make him want to shut down, like, you know, wait, this is too, like, it was, it was just, just the right amount, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that some people might be like, why didn't you probe further? Why didn't you poke harder, deeper? You know, it's like, like, I, I mean, I, I felt like, no, that, that was like, he did it right on. And, you know, hopefully there'll be another one, you know, where, yeah he'll, you know, like, like we'll get to see more layers, you know? Sure. And, um, but this, to me, this interview watching it was like, wow, it was really, I felt so, honestly, I felt proud to be working with you. Mm, It's like, wow. I, I said this to you last night, but, um, I think for me, what this, this was, was like, you know, for the last few years, there's been a lot of me defending you, <laughs> you know, right. defending, defending myself for working with you, but you know, like defending your goodness, you know, the, the things that people don't see, you know, and that, that because of certain actions, you know, that you, that you did, it somehow made like you seem to some people like a bad person, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I never saw that, like I didn't see that in you. And it was hard for me to understand in some ways, like, I mean, I understood what people were saying, but also like how, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't know him, but also like, that's all you're gonna see, you Mm -hmm. know? And so then watching you do what you did on this interview, I just felt like, man, I chose correctly. This was exactly the right choice for me. And that felt so good, you mm. know, and because I saw what you did, like you didn't make him bad, you know, and I, I didn't make you bad and like what that does to people, you know, and like the power of that and and holding the the goodness in you, you know, for like what you're doing with Andrew Tate, you know, like you're holding his goodness, Mm -hmm. like no matter what happens to him. That's right. Which is, it's, that's love, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I genuinely, that's, that's real love. So yeah, it's, it was just a very powerful, moving experience for me to, to actually, you know, just witness you go through this whole thing and Mm -hmm. then watch the interview, Mm -hmm. you know? And I also read some of the, like, I read a lot of the comments. I don't know. I don't usually read comments like, uh, like in these kinds of interviews. Sometimes I do, but I was really watching myself. I was like, wow, I really want to read these comments. Mm -hmm. And I, it was interesting to me, you know, it's like just how people see people, they, how they saw you, how they saw him and that people really have a certain lens on how it's like they, they want to see what they want to see. They're not actually seeing what's really happening, you yeah. know, 
or what's really being said or, you know, underneath what's really going on. And that was, I think that was helpful for me too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm coming out, I want to come out more too. And as I do that, like, can I hold on to my goodness and no matter what happens, you know, and, um, like be willing to not be seen or understood and yeah. all of that. Well, and demonized. Oh, made, completely. Made dem- bad. Yeah, right, right. That's the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some You are doing harm. It's, it's a campaign. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's already started. There's a guy made a video about the interview and it's just like, Andrew Tate's a fraud. This therapist is a fraud. He's not even a real therapist. Right. He's an actor. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can imagine from the, they they see me as an actor. It's uh-huh. like this is all a show. This is all a fraud. This is all bullshit. Right. I, I get it from there. If they're super triggered by Tate and they feel like he's a bad guy, and then all of a sudden they see me show up, what if the hell is Christopher from Gilmore Girls doing interviewing Andrew Tate? <laughs> right. <laughs> it makes no sense. Right. Their minds are just like they can't. It makes no sense to me. So I understand how it makes no sense to them. Like, how the hell did I get here? Right, right. Yeah. It's very strange. And I love it, of course. Yeah. It's brilliant. No, I love, I, I, I'm in love with my life right now. I'm in oh. love with my life story. I feel incredibly mm. proud. When I look back when I, you know, because I'm very neurotic. <laughs> which is not my fault. In case people don't know. <laughs> This is my human design. That was right. You're a madman, and oh, by the way, you have such an open channel or whatever the fuck it is, uh-huh. which gives is the source of a lot of my gifts. Uh-huh. But the shadow of that is you're neurotic. Yeah, because you're so open. It's what did he say? Hard for you to ground, or you're you're pulled in all kinds of different directions. And so I'm it, I'm always questioning what's real. Mm-hmm. If you're always questioning what's real or what the truth is, it's, you're never landed in something and it makes you neurotic. Mm-hmm. So I can't get around that. Um, but for all my neuroticism in this moment, you know, I feel like looking at my life, 54, I'm like, man, I, I'm living an interesting life. Yeah. And I've made a lot of things happen. Yeah. And I have a lot of power and... You know, now, how do I want to use that? What do I want to do with this? How do I want to satisfy my own creativity and my own impulses, but also what's the highest calling? Mm. 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 How can I best be of service? Mm Mm-hmm. Build a monument to God. I, I can't get around it. That was your vision. That. Yeah. that you had at the first Sundance? Uh, no, uh, my second vision quest. Build oh, a monument second, right. to God. I just can't get away from that. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? There's all kinds of monuments that can be built to God. But I, I try to... I mean, that's the one thing I've been doing through all of this is trying to come back to God. Because it's when you have all of this energy that's out there and all these comments and you know millions of views and thousands and thousands of comments and messages coming at me and opinions and attention, it's easy to get pulled into that vortex. Mm. And fortunately, I've had some experience with it because I had some fame as an actor. But this is a different thing because when I was an actor, the, the internet wasn't big. 
There right. Wasn't, there wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Facebook. I mean, it's, it was just starting as I was ending. There was message boards. Mm-hmm. So this is a completely different experience. And I, I, you know, when I felt myself get, get pulled in, I just would come back to God. Like, what am I going to do next? What, da, 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 da. How am I going to respond to this? It's like, well, just just be with God. Ask for a sign. You don't have to do anything. Just just wait. Just wait. Just just settle and and re- remember what's true and remember what's important. Don't mm. get caught up in this nonsense. Don't get caught up in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the path of the wizard. Mm-hmm. You see the game, you play the game on, on you, well, you, you don't, you don't play it the way you play it. You play it with the awareness that's a game. Right. Yeah. It's all a game. It's not really real. Mm-hmm. And if you can hold that tension, that awareness, that consciousness, then you, and not get pulled into it. Be, then you can really make things happen. To be in the world, but not of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Mm. What are we going to do with this podcast? I was on my trip driving. I was driving the car alone a lot and I listened to some old episodes right yeah and I thought they were excellent what 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 were you what were you listening to and why just the random ones that happen to be on my phone Uh old ones that are no longer published what were we talking about I don't even remember just you know the regular we're just doing our thing but uh, I thought they were great. I thought they were interesting and compelling and funny. <laughs> and they had an arc to them. They were a little, maybe a little messy at times, but that was part of the charm. Mm. So it made me think, what the fuck, man? We got to commit to this podcast. Mm-hmm. More. Promote More. it. You know, oh. Shoot video. It's good. It's really mm. good. It's unique. It's easy to do. There's not much to it. Mm-hmm. And there's there is a dynamic and a chemistry between us, and may, maybe we need to uh, bring topics to the table mm-hmm. to or discuss. Maybe other people, or maybe other people. But listening to those episodes, it it, it felt like we should continue. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, you talked about doing a video, like, you know, doing more YouTube. And I, for some reason, I've been really drawn to YouTube, which mm. I haven't been at all. But recently, I just keep, I, I don't know, I'm like subscribing to channels, and I'm not exactly sure what that is. But I have this feeling like something in me wants more long form um, stuff to watch, mm. as opposed to just the little clips on 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 uh, Instagram, you right. know, it's, it's some, something about that. And we talked about this, but it, I, I noticed myself. It's like what you said is like, it's like surfing channels, you know, on yeah. TV and it does something to my brain that I don't think I like, you know, and yeah, I know. 
And so I've been just watching more, you know, longer videos, like an hour long, that kind of thing that is like I'm learning stuff or listening to longer, like podcasts or lectures or stuff like that. And so that feels right to me. And so then I started thinking about the idea of like, maybe I don't want to, maybe I want to start posting some videos on YouTube. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm, I'm, it's, it was interesting because I, one of my favorite, uh, a couple people that I've follow on Instagram, they've been doing more YouTube stuff and, and just watching that. And then you this, this thing that this interview that got posted on YouTube, it just feels like some assigned to me in some way, like, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that feels like the right thing to move towards. And so when you brought it up, like, Hey, maybe we should do these, do it so that we're, we're, it's like people can watch us, you know, interact. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just listening, I, I like that idea, and I don't, I don't know if, if that that will bring something different in or, um, but, might. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think we should do it. Hmm. Um, okay. So I got to rig this room. I got to light this room. Hmm. It's a whole. It's gonna be a whole thing. You know what I noticed with the Tate interview? We didn't have microphones. We had lav mics. Oh, right. And Uh the cameras were out of our eyeline. Oh, yes. So they were, it it really felt like a conversation. Uh Uh-huh. Like I forgot about it. I forgot about the cameras. Right. Um, And that was helpful. And that was interesting to me because the microphone, you're aware of it. Some part of your brain is aware of it. Mm -hmm. And it affects your body language because you always have to be talking into the mic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... uh, with Tate, there was a lot more animation and mm-hmm. uh, leaning in and because you're not worried about that. Right. Your body's free. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, it made me think for future interviews, if I do more interviews with people and I, and I plan to, I'm, I'm going to start reaching out to people and people that I want to talk to and, and see if I can, you know, replicate this. Um, I don't think I want to do it uh, with, with a, a podcast mics i think i want to do it with lav mics i mm. want it to feel like we're just sitting there talking mm-hmm. and i don't know if that if we want to do that i'm not sure i mean i did notice there were a few times during the interview which um that was a little bit distracting like there were times where it sounded like your mic it sudden suddenly like you weren't talking in a mic you were talking just in the room do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that that's a technical issue that can be corrected. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. That there's interference on these wireless mics. Oh. And the wireless mics that they were using, so you you can't have them both on at the same time when you're editing because they interfere with each other. Oh, okay. So I mean, they they, they could I think it could have been refined a little bit through some sound editing, and it was a little distracting, and I was a little bit disappointed when I saw that, but. Um, it's not uncommon, but that problem can be solved. Oh, all right. Yeah. You just have to have different... Because otherwise, I mean, I thought it looked and sounded like phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. the, the camera, whatever they were using, I was like, wow, this is shot mm-hmm. beautifully. I mean, it might just be also the, the backdrop. and. Um... Yeah, no, it was, it was all natural light and he's got a pretty cool place. I mean, they, they set it up well and the table was great. And no, it looked mm-hmm. amazing. That's hard to replicate, mm-hmm. but there's, there's way, you know, 
I mean, I don't, we're not going to be able to do that exactly. I mean, we have this little podcast room, right. so, but we can figure something out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know the laugh mic. I mean, they, and they, they don't sound bad on their own. Like if you post it on a, on a podcast, it's, it's listenable. It's not, it, it's just the, the quality of it is a little bit different than you're used to hearing on podcasts. I mean, when you're listening to audio through your headphones, um, there's an intimacy to it. Mm-hmm. And that's right, why exactly. these mics, they lend it, they lend themselves well to that quality. Mm. So there's a, there's a little give and take. Mm-hmm with it mm. so you know but all the it's these little things that make a difference though yeah they make a big difference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm really happy that because the first interview we did it was the same thing i had a mic but he was just on a headset oh uh-huh. so he's just talking right and that it just creates a kind of energy that's a little bit it's a little bit different yeah and i like that mm. so yeah, maybe we, we have to figure something out or, or just, I don't know. Maybe we're sitting in chairs. Maybe we're not across from each other at a table. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more casual. Right. There's a lot of that out there. Yeah, yeah. People are sitting on couches and chairs and the mics are there and they're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good podcasts out there. We're old though. I mean, I know I said that earlier, but it, it, when I was, I was looking at like the Logan Paul, there's a whole Logan Paul. It's It's all kinds of... He's got a podcast or him and his bro. I don't even fucking know, but, <laughs> and there's this other woman. She's new. She's new on the scene. She's got a, it's all kinds of stuff out there. And, uh, the kids are crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I think like we them. have our own little niche audience. I mean, I still get comp, you know, Hey, when is your, when's your next podcast? Right. I like that. You know, we were thinking about shutting it down and now we're like, no, let's double down. Double down. <laughs> I think that's right. Right. It's fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The response has been good. Yeah. And triggering. I mean, that that actually helped too when you told me you've been telling me stories about friends or clients who are outraged by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like, like deal breakers for my friendships. But yes. Uh-huh. I was like, well, that's good. I must be doing something right. Yeah. I'm triggering them that intensely. Uh huh. That's that's got to be good. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it, it actually the last conversation that I had with this friend, it was, I think it was really good. Actually, it forced us into a like a, a serious conflict where mm-hmm. we had to. I mean, it was five hour conversation that we had to like kind of five hours drudge through. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not leaving this conversation. I mean, we either either we're not going to be friends in the same way, or you're going to have to like figure out a way to understand what I'm saying. Like, and if 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 we can't if we can't come to some sort of common ground in that way, then then we're we're not going to have a relationship that's that where I'm going to be met. It's going to be me holding space for you. Like, and I, I don't want, I don't really want yeah, that. It's boring. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're my client. I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm doing with my friends. So, you know, she had to really come to the place to understand that what was tr- triggering about you was the thing that was hard for her to deal with in her family, you know, just, mm. well, it was triggering, you know, f- because I think she was hearing me not stand up to you, which was, you know, that was part of our dynamic for a while. And, um, 
and then you know to to see in her the place where she has a hard time standing up to to mm-hmm. people too you know was that was difficult um cuz people want to you know they want to project it's like yeah what what why why are you letting him do this why are you letting him say this why are you you know it's like well, what about you <laughs> you know <laughs> What about these years of not standing up to your family? Right. You know? And so, you know, that dynamic is changing for her now. So it's good. Well, also, but what the demand, why do you have to say anything? Like what, like it, 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 you don't have to say anything. What do you mean? Push back on me. Like stand up for yourself. I understand there was, there are ways that you didn't stand up for yourself, but there's a lot of pushback that I think people wanted based on some of my, political and social cultural opinions that you're just not aware of. You don't pay that much attention to that shit. So you're just holding space for me to go off and you're just, you're just listening curious. Yes. That's how I experience you. It's not so much a debate. You're just asking questions, trying to understand my point of view and listening to, to see what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. I didn't feel you holding back. No, there were definitely times that I held back. Definitely. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, one of those times, like I I told you, like I watched myself because I, you know, video these podcasts and I literally watched myself and I was, when I watched it, I was yelling at myself. Well, that's when we got you the bell. Yeah, exactly. And so that, you know, and then I started to realize like in the ways that I hold back the truth from not just you, but from a lot of people. Right. Including, you know this friend and then other friends, you know, right. and, and I have been coming out more, you know, for better, or for worse for them, you know, but it, it's actually for better because now it's like, they're like, I had three conversations last week where, I mean, I just really, I brought my truth. I didn't hold back. I was like, I'm, you know, this is like, I need for you to understand what's going on for me here. And if you don't, that's fine, but I don't think I can continue this friendship. And so it was really like, it felt like that, that, that level of urgency for me. Like I, I need to, and, and they all thanked me for bringing out my truth. And I realized like, that's my responsibility. Right. I have to be the one to say it. And it's not easy, you know, and especially when at first they don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, when it's like, well, you know, there's this and that. And then, you know, there's sometimes where they become the victim, like, well, okay, I guess, I'm I'm just this kind of person, you know. Mm. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get to do that because we there's nowhere to go yeah. when you when you go to the victim place, you know. There's and so you know to the credit of all of my friends. And again, it's like, like this feeling like I've chosen correctly. Like they all met me and in a very powerful way. Wow. Really owning things and it was awesome. Like to have these conversations. So, but yeah, that one, I mean, it's like that one that was triggered by our relationship. I feel like, you know, and I've said this before, but that moment where we, I did stand up to you, that, that podcast was like a turning point. Yeah. The emergency podcast. That was a turning point for me. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I love that. And I love that it was seen and heard, you know, like by people that 
it's I didn't I didn't love it in the moment. It was very embarrassing, you know, and it was very vulnerable and yeah. Like, but on this side of it, I'm just, I feel so I don't know. There's like a like kind of like what you said. Like I'm 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 proud of my choices, you know. Right. Like I to let myself be seen in that way, and then to move through it and to 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 go through a change, mm-hmm. you know, to let that change be witnessed. It's it's what I love watching people, you know, the people that I I watch on Instagram I, or the people that I you know just watch in general. It's like the, I love watching that that process of people change. Right. It's so, you know, it's like I don't know. It's it's, it's inspiring. Of course. Like, oh, okay, that person isn't perfect or that person doesn't have it all together, whatever it is. But then you watch them. It's like go through this metamorphosis and like you, you know, like right. <laughs> it's so cool. It's the best. Right. It's my favorite thing. Of in in and so I, you know, I I have to be willing to be that too. And so this podcast is that for me. Mm. So, yeah. You've taken a lot of risks on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's had a direct impact on your life. All aspects of it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You practice what you preach, girl. Mm. It's amazing to see what you just said about confronting your friends or, or bringing your truth to your friends and, and holding on to yourself and working through it and and then them getting it Mm -hmm. and coming back into connection. Mm -hmm. That's ninja shit Mm. that very few people can do. Mm -hmm. Very few people can hold that. Well, in all three of the conversations, they all really deeply acknowledged um, my ability to do that, which I was very grateful for because, you know, I think that I have had an, a, a narrative for myself that I'm the difficult one in friendships. You really? Know? Yeah, because I'm always the one bringing this stuff out. I see. And so it's like people don't want to hear this. It's like just just go along with it. It's fine, you know. Like it's like let it go, let it go. And so we're not go along with it. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> and, and so you know, like for me, in this one. This time it was like, maybe I'm not, maybe you're the difficult one. Maybe, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just bringing out, let's, let's go through this. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to make myself like I'm the difficult one. I'm the bad one for bringing this out. Like, no, this is good. And, and, and now here I'm like, no, this was good. And it was good for both of us. Hmm. And I want to do like that. Those are the kinds of people I want to be friends with and be in relationships with. Interesting. So the, you, they made you bad and you allowed them to make you bad. You're the difficult one. Well, and maybe that's my image. That's your you image. Know. Yeah. But now you're seeing that, no, you're the good one. It's good. You want the truth. What are you fighting for? That's the question exactly. I always ask. I always ask myself when I'm like going crazy 
with Diana. We're in some scrap and I'm losing my mind. I'm, I, I, what am I fighting for? I'm like, I'm fighting for fucking connection. I'm trying to get to the fucking truth so we can become more connected because someplace that we're not connected, there's some lie, there's some distortion here and I can't fucking tolerate yes. it. So that's what I'm actually trying to do here. And I know sometimes the way that I do it is fucking harsh. Yes. But th- this is what you signed up for, lady. <laughs> And she gets it. Yeah. And, she, and, and always appreciates it afterward. Mm. You know, in the moment, it's it's tough. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I want the truth. I want, because that's, that it's only through the truth that you can come back into connection. And mm-hmm. you can only get to the truth if you're willing to confront your shadow. And we don't want to confront the shadow because then we got to, we got to face our pain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to feel their pain. So they're going to mm-hmm. make you the bad one because what is actually going on there? You're confronting their pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their deepest right. vulnerability. Yeah. And my, I think my, one of my biggest shadows, you know, because I don't want to say like I'm, the, the, the place where I go to my defense is I'll leave and I won't bring this out, you right. know, and I'll leave energetically. Like you won't even necessarily know. Um, that I've left, mm-hmm. um, but you'll f- kind of feel something, you mm-hmm. know, I've, 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 cause I've withdrawn my heart, you know, and that was the thing that I said to all of them, actually, it was like, I don't want to live with a closed heart anymore. I just don't. And if I don't get to bring my truth out, then, then my heart is like, feels like it's, it has to be closed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that is tr- what I'm fighting for. I am fighting for an open heart with you, which is a connection, you know, my, my heart connected to your heart. And so like, I think actually saying that that kind of thing is very powerful, mm-hmm. you know, because people are like, yeah, they, they want that too on some level, but who's the female Andrew Tate? Who's the equivalent that you can interview? Ooh. Cause I mean, you should, you're a ninja. You're the best. Who's Who the- would you want to interview? Would you want, well, I don't know. Would you want to do that? Well. I'd like to see that. That's interesting. I mean, but well, the the issue is you must have an instinct because in therapy sessions, well, we're a little bit different because I'm a little more masculine. And so I, I hold a frame and create a container and I'm, I'm driving things a little bit more than you are. Uh-huh. Right. You're you have a different way in. Yes. And so but when you're interviewing somebody, you have to Well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. An interview is different than a therapy session. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um and you know, I I think I can say that I have very I you know, I have clients who are very high like have a lot of power mm-hmm. and are very defended. You know, and that it's, it's a, like, you know, I have to navigate, you know, and, um, in a way that is similar to what I w- witnessed you, you yeah. know, um, and I love these people. Right. Know? Interesting. And it's, it, there, there's a similarity to, you know, and they, they really touch my heart hmm. and, um, so it's interesting to hear you say, like, I, I don't know what, I doubt that any of my clients would want to do it on, in public. Well, you know? Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But uh, I think it's something where, you know, like in terms of my human design, I would need to be invited. I understand. 
invited to guide mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this way. Right. You know? Right. Okay. Do you want to be seen more? Do you want your gifts to be... I mean, I'm saying it from from my point of view, which is I think you have so much wisdom. You've done so much work. You've, you've, you've got... You're the real deal. There's a lot of... There's a lot going on. And there's a lot of real deals, but you are the real thing. And people should see that. Not not from a place of mm-hmm. ego, like you want to be successful or, or famous, but just like that thing that you just described with your friends. I mean, every woman, woman out here listening to that has that exact situation going on in their life right now. There's no woman that's not in that situation right now mm-hmm. that doesn't have some kind of issue with their friends or a friend. And it's something they're holding back from them and is terrified to bring it out. Like everybody's dealing with that. And it's like, you just, you, you, you do that. You actually confront it and navigate through that with a lot of grace. And that, that just feels huge to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your ability to do that. Yeah. And whatever, whatever, I don't know what the teaching looks like, but it just feels like there's a lot that could be a lot of people that would be attracted to you if if you wanted to, but I don't know. I guess a, that's the the question. I guess, but you just let things come to you. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're putting out something that's like it feels like a new thing to me, like new idea, because um, I haven't really thought about it. But but you're right. When I think about these last three conversations that I had, I kind of wish that people could hear it. Right. No, I wish I could hear it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's what you would expect. I mean, there's definitely moments where it's, like, messy, mm-hmm. but there are moments where it's like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> she just said that, you yeah. know? Oh, and she just went there, and, oh, you know, like, like on both sides, you know? And, wow. oh, she just called that out, and Angela, oh, and she just, you know? Yeah. It was just, like, like all of that, you know? And so it's, it's uh. I th- I mean I think it's really interesting, you know, and like deeply informative, you know, like it could be um because I'm also you know, I'm not doing it nicely, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm I'm bringing my like this energy Your in feelings. me. Yeah, my my feelings, my anger, upset. like yeah. But also I'm there. I'm, there are places that I'm not going. Like I'm not. I, I, I'm not. You know, name calling. I'm not. You know, there's. There's. I'm not going to this place of like. Um. You know, when when you sometimes when I go with Ferd, you know. What do you call Ferd? <laughs> well, when I go down to the bottom of the barrel, like drag him down. Really. Wow. <laughs> that might be interesting for people to watch too. You and Ferd scrap. <laughs> yeah. You lose your mind. Yeah, completely. You lost it with me. I got a taste of that once. Right. Yeah, I was like, okay. Oh, look at that. Look at her just fucking. I iced you out. You iced me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I like that idea. There's a lot of possibility. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be bigger? Yeah, I mean, I I do. do, you want do... To expand? 
and I, I, I have been having this idea of like putting video out, just coming out more. I mean, I think that, you know, we've, I've, I've definitely come out a lot on this podcast, but you've taken a bunch of the podcast down, right? I think that was a mistake. <laughs> well, in any case. Well, maybe not. It's hard to know. Well, and, it, just, but, it happened. It's over now. There's no, there's no right or wrong to it. But. but there's a lot of people who who I know who haven't listened to the podcast, so mm-hmm. they don't know certain things, so they still hold certain images of me in their mind. So I've been thinking about coming out with some kind of video, like saying everything, you know, I voted for Trump. I didn't take the vaccine. I, I take THC drops every once in a while and, you know, really enjoy that experience. And I, I don't know, just saying all the things, Uh you know, and, and I, I think I'm really good at what I do, you know, and like all, like basically making myself come out human but also a human with like extraordinary gifts like that we all have you know but there's some way in which like i think that i want that that there's some level of freedom that i think you're you're talking about for yourself that i want for myself too yeah i think and just strategically i think that's the move if i was if i was your uh, branding consultant business consultant i'd be like absolutely Put yourself out there all the way. Mm. I mean, that, what an interesting thing. Right. I voted for Trump. Right. I didn't get the vax. The cost of that was all this turmoil in my family. I was iced out by my family. and But I stood my ground. And, and I don't know. I mean, people are listening. But I think you were right. That's how I feel. I mean, you know, the, I, the, there are I, – I have some questions about, like – just in terms of my sister and the kind of there's there's definitely some messy stuff that needs to get mm-hmm. cleared out but but I, I I hold even that that's it's like I've needed this time away right from everyone in my family mm-hmm. it's been so good for me and just to hold that like just to individuate but but yeah I, you know the 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 big reason why I feel a need or some something is is coming into me to to do more of this is because in one of the interviews that I did for the deep feeling workshop um this woman said you know I really get a feel for Dave you know I've watched a bunch of his videos and I really love what he's saying and she was like I can't I, I didn't get a real feeling for you and so she wanted to ask me questions and I, you know I I answered them all and she really felt me in the in the call but afterwards, I was like, okay, I think I need to put myself out more so that people can really feel me, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, because I want more people to come to our workshops and yeah. retreats, you know? And so it's like, if they can't feel me, there's probably some hesitance to, like, who is this person, you know? And um, what does she stand for? And, you know, like, can I trust her to mm-hmm. hold this? So I, I just have this feeling like... It, it's it's probably the right move for me. What's the fear of coming out all the way? Well, you know, again, I'm going to lose people. You know, there's going to be some because... people. Because it's going to be too much for them to, to hold that. It's like, what? You? 
or, or, you know, maybe I'm going to have to have more of these conversations with people. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess holding the place where I'm holding my goodness, you know, Mm -hmm. where people aren't going to make me bad or I've done something wrong or, um, just throw it back at them. And they say, you voted for Trump. Like, what do you mean? You voted for Biden? (laughs) Oh my God. I don't. I didn't I realize you were that okay. Um, my whole our whole relationship has to come into question. I I oh my god, just just throw it right back. <laughs> well, I mean, when you say it, like it's it's actually the truth is anyone that's in my life at this point that's like that that really is meaningful to me. Um, they know who I am, right? You know, they might not know the details. But if they, you know, the people who really love me, they would ask, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, you know, what you're, I think it's me having to deal with the feelings of somebody writing something on, on my, in my comments saying, I, I just haven't had very much of that, you know. Like, right, yes. You're a bad person. It's a lot. What you're doing is bad, you know. Like, who do you think you are? Oh, you're getting lectured all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I actually do think it's part of my task. It's part of my growth to be yeah. able to hold that. You know, demonization. A, well, you can't be here's the thing. They they fucking crucified Jesus. Right. They they shot Abraham Lincoln the day after the Civil War through Nelson Mandela in jail. Like if you're truly good in this culture, if you're actually the good, you're going to be demonized. That's just what it is. Mm. That's how it works. And if you're telling the truth, you're going to be demonized. Same Well, way. it's kind of like what you said to Andrew Tate, you know, that he, in order to go through the hero's journey, he has to get taken down, yeah. you know? yeah. And he was trying to like, wait, is there a way to not? Yeah. And I feel that, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to go through the hero's journey, but is there a easier path? It's like, no, there's not. There's not. Not if you want to go through that journey in this lifetime, there's mm-hmm. not. And I can feel that. And, you know, of course, there's a resistance to that. Yeah, there's so, a fire you're gonna have to walk through when 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 people draw their conclusions about who you are and what you stand for, and not don't see you, and make you bad, and and to hold on to yourself, hold on to your goodness. But that's once you can do that, that's the that's ultimate power. Yeah, I define myself. I know who I am. Nothing. There's nothing that you can say. Even if I've done something wrong, even if I've made a mistake, even if I've acted selfishly, um, I'm not going to make myself bad. Mm-hmm. I can make mistakes and not shame myself. Mm-hmm. I can be accountable. I can feel regret, remorse, make amends, all of that. But I'm not going to make myself bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let you make me bad. And the reason you're making me bad is because you're projecting your own fucking badness onto me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking it on. That's real power. Mm. And that I, it almost like whatever you got to do to get there, you got to you should do it. I don't mean you, but one. Well, you talked about this um, this 
this eagle dancer at Sundance, right? Who told you that um, in order for you, like, you, I mean, maybe it's better for you to to say what he well, said no, to you. To say what you. Well, what I heard was that he, like, he was. You were asking him about. You were asking him a bunch of questions about his experience and 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 what that is and mm-hmm. how he does that, what he's doing. And just for context, eagle dancers are uh, pierced on the first day and are attached to the tree all four days. They never leave the arbor and. Th- it's the most difficult choice you can make in how you want to sun dance. And, and the, the line dancers, they, we dance in, in lines. And when we pierce, we're just attached to the tree for the, 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 the period of time that we're piercing, which is like 15 minutes. And so what he said was that like he, what he's really trying to find is that when he's dancing, there's something in the, the drumming and the singing and, and he's trying to find, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the frequency in where basically like he's no longer da- the dancer he's being danced yes and uh there's something that comes in him and through him that he, it's like he's one with god or spirit mm-hmm. and and that is obviously it's an ecstatic state you know like you're no long you're in with you you're just in that place and i've been there before actually mm-hmm. in dance you know specifically where I'm no longer the one who's, I'm making the motions happen, you know, that there's some force that comes in. It's like, oh, I'm just following a flow here now, mm-hmm. you know? And, but what he said in order to, to get there, you have to consciously like suffer, yeah. like make yourself suffer as much as possible. So he consciously chooses to, to dance in this way, to be, pierced in his body by these buffalo what is it what is it what a little it? buffalo bone buffalo bone yeah like pins attached to a tree mm-hmm. dancing for four days straight and that it's like like the a level of suffering that comes from that place is so intense that you have to go to god that's right and so but he and he's doing it in a conscious way that's like right. he's choosing it so I, I was thinking about that this morning, you know, it's like, okay, you know, cause I, there's something about that that feels right to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you like generally, um, and Ferd would talked about this, like in 12 step people, you know, they, when they go to 12 step, that's the whole thing. It's like they're, they're, they've suffered so much from, you know, some addiction that they're battling with that they have to like, now they have to do the, they have to surrender. They yeah. have to admit that they're powerless and they have to like come to believe that there's a power that's greater than them that can restore them to sanity, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but they're doing it in an unconscious way. They're Mm -hmm. suffering unconsciously. And what you're doing with Sundance is you're choosing to go into this place and suffer. And, and as a result, you have like in that suffering, there's a place where it's like, there's nobody else that's going to help me except for God. That's right. And so what, what, conscious choices can I make? I mean, this is what I was trying to think of this morning. Like what conscious choices can I make that would allow me to go through that kind of suffering? Cause I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be a sun dancer. That's, I don't think that's my path, mm-hmm. but what would it be for me that would then force me to go to God, you know, like that, that, cause that's where I ultimately do want to be. And as you're talking about this, like it, it, and I can, I, and I can just feel it. It's like, 
yeah, putting myself out more. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. That's a kind of suffering that is, it's exactly the right thing for me. You know, there's an exposure that's happening. That's, oh, I can feel it right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, oh, uh, yeah. That would like burn, you know, mm. like I have to have to, I'd have to burn through something mm. inside myself and hold it, hold it, hold it like, oh, until it's like, okay, God, yeah, help me. Yeah. Yeah, you have nowhere to go but to God to keep your sanity in that situation. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, because I have, have obviously done that on unconscious levels. But I not, re- I don't, like, when you said it yesterday, I was like, have I done that consciously? I mean. Suffered? Yeah. To find God? I mean, I guess that's what sweat lodge is. Yeah. But that's a, you know, it's very, it's very brief. Well, you went through the training program. It's a kind of suffering. I didn't really think of it that way, though. No, but but it, 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 yeah, it is. Definitely. You're Mm -hmm. getting these rooms. It's not comfortable. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun in playing it, but it's very deep, confronting work. That's that's true. That is true. Challenging and scary. Yeah, in this last interview that I did with someone uh, for the the our workshop, um, she's she's you know she said that she was really scared, and I said, oh, that's how everyone like literally after at the end of uh, most of the calls, people were like, okay, I want to come. I mean, I just want to say I'm I feel really scared, and and that is a conscious choice. Like you're coming into something. Yeah, yeah. It's you you. A conscious way to to suffer, yeah, and then surrender. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the same thing, but the Lakota have their way. Yeah, suffering. I mean, at, well, every religious tradition has an element of suffering to to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not unique. I mean, Jesus on the cross died for our sins. He suffered. Yeah, yeah right. That's the whole story. Yeah, he, he, I mean, we were talking, going back to the Sundance or the Eagle Dancer, he said, uh, it's like, you can't stop moving. And I said, yeah, yeah, I felt that. Like, just don't stop moving. He's like, no, no, but there, there, there's like something that happened. What, what was the word he used? He said frequency, but I forgot the word. Diana had it. But yeah, there's just a, there's a vibration. And he, and he said, yeah, just you, you let it have you. It takes over and then it's moving you and then you're yeah you're in this kind of bliss state and but yeah you can only get there if you put yourself to the 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 test you have to you have to like push up against all your defenses you have to be willing to be broken down mm. all the way Right. And yeah. Like you, that's the only way to get to it because your defense doesn't is not is going to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on forever because it thinks it's going to die. It thinks it's protecting you. So you have to do something that's going to put yourself in that position that forces your defense to let go or or be annihilated in some way. And that's I mean I think that's why people get married publicly. Mm. I think marriage is that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. You get married. Why do you get married publicly? 
right? With all your family and friends, you spent a lot of money on a wedding. Now you're heavily leveraged to stay together when shit gets crazy and you're suffering and you want to kill the person. You have to feel all your pain. You have to stay together like because you're in this, this, this sacrament of marriage. And, and I, I can see that in reaction to what happened in the you know, the 60s and 70s where the divorce laws were loosened and it became more socially acceptable uh, to be able to get divorced, which I understand. People don't want to be stuck in miserable marriages. At the same time, maybe we need to give people tools to figure it out. Mm. They don't know. And I think we know more now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we should encourage people to stay together, figure it out, Mm. figure it out. I mean, you know, there are situations where it is important to no. leave. No. <laughs> Stay together. I'm just saying. Well, I, I wanted... To, I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that poll. I want to just bring it back to Andrew Tate where we started. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that's... I guess that's what I saw. He called you because he knew he needed to be broken down. Yeah. Like, that some part of him... Some part of him. ...knows... Like, I can't keep holding this, and I don't know what else to do. And I, I don't know how to do it, but you probably have a key for me. And the the willingness to call you, to reach out to you, I mean, it makes me, it actually makes me, you know, it touches me so, yeah. so much. You know, like, that, he, I mean, he's in a position, you know, now, but it's like, he he's willing. He's yeah, willing. Totally. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on inside his own mind. All I know is his actions and the things that he says to me. And there, yeah, it's very clear to me there's some part of him that, uh, I mean, he said it all in the interview. You know, yeah, this, these conversations are interesting to me. I know there's things about, I, I want to learn more about myself. Mm. I mean, he, and then he contradicts and, mm-hmm. and say, I know everything about myself. Right. And then we go down that rabbit hole and what right. that means and how he frames reality, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and it's valid. He's got a powerful mindset, but there's something. And, and yeah, like I said earlier, I, I feel the invitation there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel the fear, uh, which is all of us. Yeah. It's very, very, very scary to confront yourself. Yeah. To, uh, to feel all that's in the shadows but uh yeah yeah come to our workshop if you want to consciously suffer (laughs) and find god if you want to be broken down there's only one way yeah there's only one way you got to be broken down death and rebirth okay thank you thank you Thank you.